It's time. It's time. Time to get in the zone. Time to get in the zone. With the 49ers web zone. This is the No Huddle Podcast with Al, Zane, and Brian. This is the 49ers web zone. No Huddle Podcast, part of the Odyssey Network. I'm Al Sacco here with you. No Brian or Zane today. I am flying solo. You guys are stuck with me. Uh, please like and subscribe to the show if you haven't. Um, if you listen and you like the show, give us a rating. We'd love it. We'd really appreciate all you guys. All right. The preseason is about to kick off the Niners. They had a joint practice. I'm recording this on a Thursday and they had a joint practice with the Raiders today and they're going to play the Raiders on Sunday. Can't wait to get this thing back on the field. Really just, you know, these off seasons just drag on and there's all this controversy all the time just to get this game back on the field again. I, I just cannot wait. And I don't see the Niners playing any starters <laughs> really at all this preseason i think you're gonna see you know your george kittle well kittle's injured we'll get into that um your george kittles and your fred warners and trent williams and probably even brock birdie debo Ayuk. these guys aren't gonna be on the field very much if at all um you'll get to see what some depth pieces look like but the star the stars aren't going to be there which is fine with me we know what we have in these guys just get right to the season but there are a few injuries to hit on before i get to the stuff i wanted to talk about on the show for the most part so george kittle has an adductor injury if you're not familiar with an adductor you're not the only person but an adductor the adductor muscle of the hip are a group of muscles in the medial compartment of the thigh mostly used for bringing the thighs together so that's what uh george kittle has right now he's got an injury there uh, he's going to be out for a week hopefully it won't linger it doesn't seem like there's a lot of concern to it you know Kitt- kittle plays a very physical game he tends to miss a few games every year so it's it might be inevitable that kittle might be out a couple games but hopefully throughout the season but hopefully this doesn't linger and he'll be good to go dre greenlaw has a hamstring injury it's said to be minor Drake Jackson also has a hamstring. That's one to watch. Hopefully that that doesn't linger because we, we have talked about the end depth. And Cleveland Farrell, maybe he ends up being the starter opposite Nick Bosa because he's having a pretty good camp and, and we'll see with Jackson. But I think it's it's going to be a competition still between those two. They'll definitely still get on the field and rotate, but it'll be a competition between them. Now, the big injury, the biggest one that they've had, this is an eight-week injury to uh, Ray Ray McLeod. He's got a broken wrist. So eight weeks puts him back probably right around the beginning of October. So one thing that's going to do is it's going to open up another spot on the receiving corpse. And also the Niners need, need a kick returner because McLeod is their main kick returner. Now, if you look at the depth chart, um, McLeod is listed as the top um, punt returner and kick returner. And then after that, it's Willie Sneed, Ronnie Bell, and Deshaun Jameson. Deshaun Jameson is the interesting name to me there because he is an undrafted free agent cornerback. He's a, and um, he's the guy that Brandon Ayuk said was really balling out. And he said the young guy has been really balling out, meaning uh, Jameson. He's somebody to watch for me because if he can force his way onto the team, maybe as a kick returner, as special teams, and as a backup at the cornerback position, maybe maybe he's, a, he's another gem. He's, he's another diamond in the rough that the Niners can find. Uh, it's also a big opportunity for Ronnie Bell to win one of those last wide receiver positions and, and be maybe the primary kick returner and force his way onto this team too. We'll see. Willie Sneed, um, you know, I don't know. He's a veteran guy. I always like to see the upside with the younger guys coming in. Maybe it's a player that you'll see they can develop over the next few years, but we'll see. Hopefully we don't hear any more injury news and the Niners can get to the season healthy and, and get ready to get after the Super Bowl here. 
All right. The first thing I wanted to hit on. So <laughs> can't stop with the, the reaction from camp to me is just comical how we're just overreacting to every single throw these quarterbacks make. And, and look, we've said it a million times, man, like you don't know what Kyle Shanahan's telling the quarterbacks on these plays. He may be saying to him, um, I was listening to Middlecoff and Haberman and John Middlecoff was saying, he, Kyle may be saying to whatever, whatever, Lance, Darnold, Purdy, whoever, listen, throw the ball here. I don't care if it looks open or not. I want, want to see what happens here. Try, try to throw the ball here. You don't know what they're working on. So they may be taking chances on a throw or trying something that they wouldn't normally try in a game. Maybe they're pushing something downfield that ends up being an interception or an incomplete. Then in a game, they'd be a little safer with and check it down. You don't know. So you can't go crazy with, with these completion percentages and who threw an interception where and whatever else. But one of the things that people seem to be very worried about right now, some people, um, is that Brock Purdy throws an interception every camp or, or there and about. So I was looking at this, and here, here's the thing, okay? Number one, Brock Purdy's going into his second year. Quarterbacks, unless you're Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady or, or I guess Patrick Mahomes, quarterbacks throw interceptions. Like, it happens. Like, they throw like 10, 11, 12 a year, right? That's pretty much commonplace. I actually think Purdy, brace yourself. If he's a starter for the full season, I could see him throwing 15 picks. He's a young quarterback, and he's playing in an offense where there's traditionally been a lot of interceptions. If you look, okay, Kyle Shanahan has coached 242 regular season games in the NFL over 15 years, and that's as an OC or a head coach. His quarterbacks have thrown 235 interceptions. His best seasons, meaning that the seasons when the quarterbacks threw the fewest, uh, were 2016, uh, where Matt Ryan that year threw seven. 2012, it was Cousins and Robert Griffin through eight. 2022, which was Purdy Lansing Garoppolo through nine. I just had a really good year in terms of that last year. 2019, Garoppolo through 13. 2021, which was Jimmy and Lance, they threw 14. Every other year with him was 15 plus. So what's the reason for this? Well, I think there's a number of reasons for this. One, Kyle's offense likes to throw the ball in the middle of the field. What happens in the middle of the field? Traffic. There's a lot of traffic. Now, it's great for yak and yards after the catch, but there's tip balls. There's linebackers roaming around. It can lend itself to throwing more interceptions. Sean McVay, six years as the Ram, Rams coach, his quarterbacks have 84 interceptions. Um, Matthew Stafford had 17 in the regular season. They won the Super Bowl. So in this offense, it, it can happen. Also, a lot of people said to me, because I tweeted this out earlier, and I, a number of people said, well, who were who his quarterbacks? Well, I kind of have an issue with that. Yeah, that he's had some bad ones, but is Kyle's does Kyle's offense make life easier on quarterbacks or not? So does it matter as much in terms of that? It, it does in some regard, but I wanted to go and, and, and look at it. I wanted to look at Kyle's who Kyle's had at quarterback and, and see what they did interception-wise because I, th I thought it was interesting, and maybe we have to prepare ourselves for Purdy to throw some picks this year. Now, if he throws 30 touchdown passes, 35 touchdown passes, you live with it, right? He throws 20 and he has 16 interceptions, that that might be a problem, but we won't know till we see it. But Shanahan started as an offensive coordinator in 2008 Houston. His quarterback that year, his quarterbacks that year were Matt Schaub and Sage, Ro Sage Rosenfels. They threw 20 picks. Now, the next season, 2009, still in Houston, Matt Schaub was the primary starter that year, and Schaub had the best year of his career. Threw for 4,770 yards, 29 touchdowns. He, but he still threw 15 picks. And Rex Grossman also threw a couple picks that year coming off the bench. 
So they had a total of 17. 2010, he goes with his dad to Washington. What was left of Donovan McNabb at that point, he was right at the end. And Rex Grossman threw through 19 interceptions. The next season, 2011, Grossman and Beck threw 24 interceptions. Now, Grossman and Beck is obviously a terrible, John Beck, a terrible QB role. So there you go. It's maybe not surprising they had a lot of interceptions. Now, 2012 was the RGG, RG3 rookie season. He didn't throw a ton of passes, but he only had five picks that year. Kirk Cousins off the bench had three for a total of eight. And that was, like we said, one of Kyle's best seasons. 2013, the wheels came off a little bit with RG3, and Cousins was still there. There was a total of 19 interceptions. 2014, Kyle goes to Cleveland. They throw 16 interceptions with uh, Brian Hoyer, Johnny Manziel, and there might have been another quarterback mixed in there. 2015 is when he finally gets what you would say a top-tier quarterback. I mean, Matt Ryan is a, is a borderline Hall of Fame quarterback. He won an MVP with Kyle Shanahan. In the two years in Atlanta, uh, Matt Ryan and some guy named Renfrey threw a pick that year. I don't know who that is. But uh, Matt Ryan was primarily the quarterback other than that. And he th they threw a total of 17 interceptions. Ryan had 16 of them that year. 2016 was Matt Ryan's MVP season. He was phenomenal. He only threw seven picks. So that year was Kyle's offense working probably as good as we've ever seen it for Kyle anyway. Then he goes to the 49ers. Now, has Kyle had great quarterback play every year with San Francisco? No, but that's kind of his fault. <laughs> he picked these guys. So if there's a lot of mid guys with Kyle Shanahan here and they're not performing, he picked them. So it's got a little, little bit to do with both there. But if you look at his years in San Francisco, uh, 2017, Brian Hoyer, C.J. Bathard, and Jimmy Garoppolo through 15. 2018, Nick Mullen, C.J. Bathard, and Jimmy Garoppolo through 20. 2019, we mentioned Jimmy Garoppolo through 13. 2020, Nick Mullins and uh, Jimmy Garoppolo through 17. 21, we mentioned earlier, Garoppolo and Lance through 14. And last year was only nine. It was one of the best seasons ever for Kyle Shanahan between Lance and his brief stint in Garoppolo and Purdy. Did Christian McCaffrey have something to do with that? Probably. Probably a lot of McCaffrey effect in there. So I think with Kyle's offense, it happens. There's going to be interceptions. And this isn't like one or two years where there's been a lot. This is 15 years. 15 years we can look at it and look at examples. So what is it? Basically 12 out of 15 years, there's been 13 or more interceptions by his quarterbacks. So it's a system. He's got a complicated system that goes over the middle of the field. There's probably going to be turnovers. Brock Purdy is probably going to throw 12, 15 interceptions this year. It's just how it is. And again, if there's other things that balance it out, we'll be fine. The Niners will be fine. You just can't have Nick Mullins crushing turnovers where it's maybe a one score game or a 10 point game or something like that. And you're in the red zone and driving and you throw a pick six or you know, it's midfield and you get momentum and you throw an interception then the other team takes momentum back. You can't have those absolutely crushing interceptions that Nick Mullins used to throw because then he got problems. But there's going to be some turnovers and, and quarterbacks turn the ball over. Again, unless you're Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady or somebody like that who are just, you know, historically great, people turn the ball over. I mentioned Stafford. Josh Allen turns the ball over. Mahomes had 12 picks last year. So it, it, it definitely happens. And you know what? Sam Darnold is going to fit right in because – uh in 56 career games, Darnold has 55 career interceptions. So he, he's, he's got fit, he got fit right in. <laughs> he's got uh, 13 fumbles to go along with that. So our man Sam has 68 turnovers in 56 games. So we can look forward to that, you guys. We can look forward to uh, Sam Darnold <laughs> maybe uh, 
coming in and, and, and turning the ball over a little bit. But this QB competition, and I, I just keep reading and seeing things that I, I don't want to come on here and talk about it every show. But it's like every day something comes up. Every day something else happens. And I just, I, I just, I really want to address the way I feel about this whole Trey Lance thing right now. Because people who follow me or listen to the show knows I've been very clear on, on how I think the 49ers are approaching this. However, the way that I think it's going to happen is not the way I feel that it should happen at all. So it's two very different things. And I saw a trade come through. It was a hypothetical trade today that I guess was on ESPN. And it's a trade where the Buccaneers would, would acquire Trey Lance. And in this um, proposed deal, the Buccaneers would receive Lance, 2024 second round pick, the 2024 sixth round pick. The Niners would receive a 2024 second round pick and a 2024 third round pick. Here's where I am with that. The Niners are looking to win the Super Bowl this year, right? We've talked about the window, everything like that. They, they want to win the Super Bowl this year. Why? Why would you get rid of an asset in this season when, when, it's, when you're all in? What, what's the point to, to, sa to save some, some money to try to recoup, recoup something? I, I, I don't know. Here's the way I see it. Okay, let me, let me first say what I, what I think is happening, okay? I think competition's rigged. Other people have said this. Not the only one to say it. You can say Sam Darnold was like the fourth quarterback to sign. He didn't sign for a ton of money, whatever it was. Sam Darnold signed on, I think it was day one of free agency. He was a priority free agent. He had a freaking press conference with the team. He did not come here to be the third string quarterback. I, I don't believe that. I know Kyle, I know for a fact that Kyle has liked him a long time. I think Kyle wants to see what he can do with Sam Darnold. I don't think Sam Darnold is going anywhere. I'm not saying I, this is what I want. I don't think he's going anywhere. I think he came here to be the backup quarterback. And unless he absolutely, they get him in front of their eyes and say, this guy can't do it. I think that's gonna, that's what they want to happen. And from there, they're going to see what they can get from Trey Lance. And he's kind of, I believe he's going to be showcased this preseason. And then towards the end, a team that has, you know, a shitty quarterback situation, or at least an unknown quarterback situation. The Falcons are a team. The, the Bucks are another team that may say, okay, this guy's got a ton of talent. Let's get him in here. Let's see if we can develop him. He's only 23 years old. That's all he is. Let's get him in here. Let's see how he is. We don't, we don't need him this year. Let's develop him over the next year or two, and then maybe we, we can see if we have something. And the Niners will go into the season with Purdy as their starter. Uh, Donald is their backup, and then Brandon Allen would be quarterback three. Again, I'm not advocating for that. That's, that's what kind of reading the signs and reading the tea leaves, that's what I think is going to happen. And, and I know some people feel the national media is just full of shit and they don't know what they're talking about. I know a lot some of these guys personally. They're not pulling the stuff out of thin air. They're hearing it from somewhere. It, it, sometimes someone may ask you what you think, or you do an opinion piece, but there's been enough of this stuff, enough of, of the smoke here. Rich Eisen's been talking about it on his show. He just had Steve Mariucci on talking about it. Um, you know, Mike Silver wrote an article about, about Trey possibly moving on. We're just seeing all these people who are in the know and have been in the know for a really long time and have a lot of contacts saying, okay, it looks like it looks like this is going to happen. So I, I just think where there's smoke, there's fire with that. So to me, you have to pay attention. It doesn't mean it will happen. Trey can maybe come in and 
or in the Niners say, whoa, well, he looks, he looks pretty damn good. Maybe we need to, we need to see what happens here. Or maybe they say Darnold doesn't look as good as we thought he was going to. That can all happen still. It definitely can. That's what I think is going to happen. What I believe should happen, you should absolutely hold on to Trey Lance. Why do I think that? Here's the first thing. Brock Purdy, the way he played last year, deserves to be QB1. I've said that, I've said that for a while. The Niners scored a ton of points. They got people, you know, George Skittles, Kittle is scoring more touchdowns in the last five games than he ever had in a season than he ever has in his career. The offense is humming. The team is humming. They're not losing. Purdy started out slow against the Seahawks in the playoffs, but then he came out guns blazing in the second half. And that showed me a lot about a young quarterback that he just, you know, it's like a goldfish, like Ted Lasso, right? You just forget it. He came out in the second half and played great. And then against Dallas, they were getting their asses handed to them up front. And Purdy, did he almost throw an interception? Sure. How many quarterbacks have almost thrown interceptions? He didn't. He didn't. He played it. He played it. It was like a pitcher who didn't have his best stuff. and He still got out. So he played that type of game. He made a big throw on the run to George Kittle. He made two clutch throws on third downs to seal the game. He did enough for you to say, look, and Kyle said this, what I've seen on tape, what we saw last year, this is QB1. Fine. Absolutely. I, I agree with that. I think that's fine. But. I don't think in that you could say, well, Purdy's QB1, but Trey Lance is, is camp fodder. Trey Lance is out of here. What, why, why would you think that? First of all, for me, we were really excited about Jimmy Garoppolo, too, after 2017. He's a franchise QB. Let's give him a great big contract. And Garoppolo, was, they won games with him. He was, a, he was a middle of the road type guy. But the Niners themselves wanted an upgrade, and he was hurt. So what makes us know for certain that Purdy is the guy. We don't. He might be. He might be the guy, but he also may not be the guy. So let's say even if there's a 5% chance of him not being the guy, why wouldn't you insulate yourself? And I don't mean 68 turnovers in 56 games with Sam Darnold insulate yourself. I don't mean Brandon Allen, who's a career backup. And that's fine for Brandon Allen. Be a career backup. Good for you. You're going to maybe have a 10-year career being a career backup. But, but... That doesn't mean you want either one of these guys coming in to help you win the Super Bowl. Trey Lance might be able to do that. You don't know what you have in Trey Lance yet. The most, the greenest, least experienced quarterback we've ever seen come in. Just because you don't have time to develop him, you're just going to say, eh, friend, we don't, we, don't, we don't need it. What, what if Bill Walsh thought that about Steve Young? I'm not going to bring him in. He's just, you know, like we got Montana and, and he's going to take some time. I just, we'll let somebody else trade for him. Young sat behind Montana for, I know it was a different era and different time period, but for a while. And if the, if, if I'm the Niners and, and you're still playing, paying Brock Purdy, whatever he's making, he's not making next to nothing football-wise, I'm okay with paying Trey Lance like $8 million bucks to be the backup or whatever, just in case. Just in case the 23-year-old throughout the season, something clicks. Because he, he has the highest ceiling by far. I don't even think that's debatable. I don't think that's debatable. So again, if you're saying, again, I don't have an issue with it. Brock Purdy's our guy right now. What if Brock Purdy in six weeks into the season is struggling? What if you're four and two or three and three and like he's had some bad, bad turnovers that cost you games? He's not the biggest dude in the world. What if he gets hurt? What if those things happen? Why wouldn't you want Trey Lance there if that happens? So that's where I am with it. So it, it does kind of anger me in the sense that I don't think he's gotten a, a fair shake. Again, I'm not saying he should start over Brock Purdy. I don't believe that right now. But at the same point, I don't think he's got a fair shake. He has gotten hurt, been unfortunate. Um, 
that may be one of the reasons why they're kind of like, all right, enough is enough because you're talking three injuries and in basically over five games when you count the preseason game, five pretty significant injuries that have affected his play and cost him time. So I understand that part of it, but you just can't, especially that you mortgage the future for this kid. And two years later, you're just ready to, to say that's it. We're going to have you compete with Sam Darnold. I, I, I just, I, I don't, I don't get the mindset of it. And the no, look, the Niners have done a million things right with this regime. So many, they arguably have the best roster in the NFL six years after a complete rebuild. And they may have had last year, you know, five years after a complete rebuild. They built this roster so fast and they've done so many things right. Quarterback hasn't been one. It, it, it just hasn't. So right now, I have to me, I have to see it to kind of believe it, because if this doesn't work out with Purdy and Lance is gone, who's your quarterback? Who's your quarterback next year? Kirk Cousins? Maybe. It might not, it might not be in Kirk Cousins. And then if you got to pay Kirk Cousins, whatever. Are you losing other people? You know, there's a domino effect to it. So I, I know that's getting ahead of myself, but I think there is some frustration with Lance. And I think it's frustrating to have to hear it every day. I just think if it were me, if I'm running the team, again, yeah, I would roll with Purdy as QB1. I, I think he's earned that. And then keep your depth chart either or with Lance and Darnold. And then you could trade Allen or cut Allen or whatever, but keep those, keep those two around. Um, you don't have to declare one the backup, right? Do you, I, don't even, I don't think you have to do that. Just say either or, or, or whatever. Say Lance at the backup, then do what you want to. I, I don't know. But but don't get rid of him, man. Don't get rid of him. I, I just, here's the thing. I know what Sam Darnold is. And yeah, I guess, I guess in this offense, he can come in and be better. But we've seen his sample size. It's 56 games. We haven't seen his sample size for Trey Lance. He doesn't have a sample size. He doesn't have a college sample size, really. You don't know. So unless... He's just in practice, in meetings, and everything we hear about meetings, he's a smart guy. So I don't know. But unless there's things we're not seeing that the Niners are seeing that they're like, well, this is not going to work. Man, it's really frustrating. But it's not going to go away because it's a story. So it's something we're going to keep talking about. But let's see what happens here. And I'm going to be honest with you. I'm rooting for the kid. I'm, I'm not going to stop rooting for the kid. Um, I, I, if he does go elsewhere, I, I hope he has a 15-year career where he goes. I really do. Seems like he's got his head on straight, and he seems like he works hard. And we'll just see where this thing goes. So, But hopefully, we'll definitely see him in the Raiders game Sunday, probably him and Darnold. So it'll be at least good to see with eyes, not practice eyes. You're actually watching in, in a game-type scenario how these guys do. So we'll see. All right, the other thing I wanted to hit on is, I'll be honest with you guys, I don't even know what this means. So Jed York, and let me pull it up here exactly what the headline is. 49ers CEO Jed York faces claims of insider trading in connection with the alleged Chegg Inc. college cheating scandal. So some sort of insider trading he was involved in. I don't know what this means or what happens here. He wasn't charged with a crime. It looks like it's just a lawsuit. And NFL owners don't really uh, answer to regular rules anyway. But... I don't know what happens with this. Does he get, is there a, does nothing happen? Does he get a slap on the wrist? Is there a suspension coming? Is it is it something bigger happening here? I don't know. It's something to watch, but I saw the headline and I was like, oh, that's not good for him. So I'm not going to pretend to know what any of it means because I don't. I'll keep that for smarter people or people more in the know to see what comes out with it. But it's not good, man. And, and in terms of York, I think 
he obviously he takes over the team as a young guy. He made some mistakes. Brings Harbaugh in. It looks like, all right, the ship's been righted. I've always said with Jed, it wasn't that he got rid of Harbaugh because Harbaugh, Harbaugh was Harbaugh's crazy. So maybe that had just run its course. And there was some some talk about the locker room in 2014. Maybe it wasn't the best. So things just run their course sometimes. So maybe it was, after 2014, the fans don't want Harbaugh gone because the product on the field was good. But the things that are happening behind the scenes, maybe it's just time to move on. To me, it wasn't that they moved on. It was the it was the way that they moved on. What what probably would have been the best course of action then is okay. You've had this really good three year run. Year four, they started out five and three, and then ended three and five. So things ended wonky, but a lot of that was probably you know the infighting and stuff going on behind the scenes. I thought they should have just stayed with Vic Fangio. You promote Fangio, and then you you kind of keep things the same. You're just promoting him. Most of the staff would have stayed the same, that sort of thing, and moved on from there. Obviously, they don't do that. They do the year with Jim Tom Sula, which was just you know, Jim Thomas was a terrific D-line coach. He was not a good head coach. And then that lasts a year and you're one and done. And then you go to Chip Kelly, which was just really random for me. And then that's one and done. And then he hires, well, Kyle Shanahan gets hired. Now, Gary Plummer told me back in 2017, he was on the show. He told me Denise hired Kyle Shanahan. So he said, uh, Denise was, who was obviously Jed's mom, was tired of getting embarrassed. And she's the one who wanted to hire Kyle. So that's that's what Gary told me. But either way, Kyle Shanahan's in here. They bring in John Lynch. They gave them very long deals, which at the time wasn't wasn't the norm because the Niners had a reputation of one done coaches and a lot of leaks and things like that. Now, life has turned around since then. A lot of that is Lynch and Shanahan, the culture that they've brought in. And uh, the, the, the biggest thing I think that York has done is just he's just stayed in the background. He's let he's let his football people handle the football operations and he hasn't gotten involved. So that's a lot of times that's what good owners do is they put good people in place and then they get the hell out of the way, you know, let me know what you need. And other than that, I'm going to get the hell out of the way. So um, I'm not going to speculate on, on, you know, any kind of a change with ownership or the parents taking over again or anything like that. Cause I don't know, but this is definitely probably something to keep an eye on at least. And, and we'll see how the story, the story transpires with it. So, but all right, you guys, that's, I think that's really all I have to say. Yeah, it's just a half hour of me just kind of, I don't know. Just going off the cuff here, just talking some Niners. So, but I'm excited to watch this game. Um, we'll talk about it next week. We'll probably have Larry Kruger on with us next week, who's always an awesome guest. And I'm actually going to be on Larry Kruger's show on Friday. So, if you guys are listening to this Friday morning, I'm going to be with on Larry's show at noon Pacific on Friday, and then Larry will be with us next week. Um, so that'll be fun. Also, we're trying to get uh, Mark Adams, the 49ers Web Zone, released a podcast about Roger Craig getting into the Hall of Fame. Brian actually helped produce it, and they have like. Joe Montana on the show, Ronnie Lott, Steve Young. They got all these like amazing guests. And as somebody who's been booking guests for seven years, I don't know how the hell they did it. <laughs> but that's how much these guys care about Roger and they wanted to come and talk about him. So we wanted to have Mark on next week just to talk about the podcast and, and how that came together and, and what these legends had to say. But check that out. Um, you can probably go to 49erswebzone.com and it would be there. Um, and we'll obviously advertise that next week as well. So until then, you guys, thanks for listening. This is Al. Talk to you later. Nine is on three! One, two, three! Twenty four hundred sports is an Odyssey company. 